What's up, y'all? It's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, and welcome to another episode of Fan Bro Show. Before we get into this episode, though, I got to let y'all know the audio quality is not up to our usual standards of excellence. So we just had to let you know we had some technical difficulties going into this episode, but here you go. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. And what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. The only podcast where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And as always, it's your boy DJ Ben Amin, aka Lightwork Igami, Quantum Leech, a baby Max, Professor Excellent, God of Your, Premium Peter Parker, Chris Radnorock, Big Dick Grayson Energy, Black Black Goliath. Yolo Baggins, Lando Californication, a ghost in the shell toe, I'm on other things, the Wakanda's favorite DJ, the Kevin Bacon of the internet, Arsenio Holiday. <laughs> nice, nice, I like that, I like that. And as always, I am joined by Tatiana King Jones, the Granite of the Tech, also known as Princess Preach, aka Chance Carafa, <laughs> aka Lando Calrissian, or excuse me, Lambo Calrissian, aka Gin and Juice Urso, aka Gem and the Hall of Fam, also known as Queens of the Amazon Prime subscription, also known as Aaron Yeagerbaum, also known as Edward Scissorhands, also known as Trill Quiss. Nice, nice, nice. And sitting in the third seat, we have. It's your man, Jeff J, a.k.a. Miles Morassets, Earthwind and Firestorm, LeVar Bourbon, Bagger Vance Astro, Legion and Juice, <laughs> Rick Thunderbolt Ross, and the Jaka Khan, Fax the Destroyer, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm. Neil Deadass Tyson, excuse me. Neil Deadass Tyson. Yeah. There we go. And the Jaka Khan, I really like that one. <laughs> Very well done. And like we said before, welcome to Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek. Thank you all for listening, for everyone subscribing on SoundCloud, on iTunes, you know, on YouTube. If you're watching, you know, watch these magic hands. Hit that subscribe button right there. Hit that subscribe. Hit that like. All I love things. how you point down like there's ever going to be any special effects. Or graphics that pop up. Price gotta go that up. I know. Price gotta go up. But no, see, when I'm pointing down, I'm pointing down at the subscribe and like buttons yeah. on YouTube. True. So hit them right there. There we go. And if you're listening, thank you. You know, iTunes, Spotify, all those different places where you can find us. Shout outs to all of y'all. It has been yet another huge week in geek, as we like to say here. I mean, not really. We don't really like to say right. that. That's terrible. <laughs> It's terrible. I mean, who would ever talk like that for real? That's like, that's, that's like horrible. But yes, yeah, San Diego Comic-Con did just pass. We were not in attendance. Would you believe that? I mean, you know, shout out to San Diego Comic-Con and their media team. Do the prices right, loser horn. <laughs> Yo, it's all right, man. I had to wash my hair anyway the whole weekend. True, true. You know, I was busy. Word, <laughs> Jump you know. off Jeff. Oh, here we go. But, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I, I, I was salty when I explained why we were not at San Diego Comic-Con. But that being said, there were some very cool people at San Diego Comic-Con. Shouts to uh, a few people from Nerds of Prey who were there. Shouts to 
the Blur Girl, who was there repping for Sci-Fi, and many, many others that were there. Shouts to Valley Complex. There was a lot, a lot of people there. So there mm-hmm. was the contingent holding it down, getting the great scoops for us. And at the same time, we were following the news. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the unpaid volunteers who were there. Right. Did y'all hear anything about that, by the way? No, nah, no. Nah, it was that, very that, quiet. Mad quiet, as it should be. Uh, I saw a couple pictures, but it wasn't, you know, these people that we speak of before. It was just some other people representing okay. that brand who were there. Yeah. yeah. Fortune you know, favors the bold, I guess. Because, listen, <laughs> I would have went out there like a credit union, my G. <laughs> I'd have been, been yeah, patting pockets and asking names. Ma'am, do you represent brand who will not be named? <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Can I talk to you Maybe about one my Lord of these and Chase Bank? <laughs> Maybe one of these days we'll stop sub podcasting too. Mm. <laughs> mm. So I, I drop names, but y'all gonna bleep me out, so mm. I'm I'm not gonna bleep you out. But yeah, so anyways, like we said, at San Diego, mad trailers dropped, mad news dropped, stuff that we really were waiting for forever and some stuff that we wasn't really feeling like that we posted some of it i know we talked about the titans trailer that yeah. got very mixed reviews uh yeah. we talked about the justice uh young justice season three trailer what else is coming back um star wars uh, clone wars is coming back yep like it, it was some really good stuff oh they they announced that um uh, th- there was a Supergirl announcement. Like there was just mad announcements. Like did did this year feel better than last year to you guys, or did it not really feel as it exciting? Felt the same to me. Like a bunch of major announcements. I think the impact of the announcements are what uh, were different because certain stuff is going to hit more than others. So for example, right. Supergirl is introducing the first trans superhero, I believe, on and TV. actually played by a actually trans actress. Actually played by a trans actress. So that's really dope um that's huge know, uh, x uncanny x-men is coming back as a comic book so blue and gold are going to end and then come back so that's one of my favorite comic books ever um mm-hmm. uncanny x-men line so that's gonna come back there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff you know we got um right murderverse titans um did you how, did you have any feelings about the aquaman trailer oh yeah i yo I didn't think I would care about fish like that since Finding Nemo <laughs> and uh, Echo the Dolphin and whatnot. But um, yo, some people some people called it uh, Black Panther underwater. <laughs> Atlantis forever. <Ooh. laughs> no, I Atlantis saw that. Forever. Yo, I saw that hashtag. I started screaming because somebody put the emoji of a dolphin and then the X. Yo, I lost no. it. Atlantis forever. The power. Oh my the gosh. power of the prince of Atlantis was stripped away. So we have a show title there, but <laughs> yeah, all of these dope, some some dope, some questionable trailers. All of them, most of them, are on the Fan Bros IG. Hit us up at Fan Bros Show. Make sure you are following us because we are going overtime. If you have not noticed, our IG is very, very, very popping right now, and it is not stopping. In fact, it's getting even more popping as we go along. So, also, if you were following it, you would have saw that we just gave away a bunch of free tickets to see ant-man like 60 free tickets to see ant-man and the wasp um so good kudos to everyone who uh was involved in that and congratulations to you but like i said if you want to be part of the crew and get shit for free 99 you got to be following us Mm. 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 i mean she said it you know 
And uh, I wasn't really blown away by Aquaman, et cetera, et cetera. I thought, you know, Shazam, all that. There were some cool trailers. All of it was cool. I was more concerned, sadly, with, you know, people playing themselves at San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, shout outs to Jeff Loeb. You know, the I don't know what he does at Marvel. He's a big wig. He was definitely a great writer in his time. And, you know, this year he showed up at, showed up at the Iron Fist panel wearing a gi. And Why? referencing Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid and talking about how something I think he was like he'd been trained by Mr. Miyagi to deal with the haters or something, <laughs> which is just all kinds of wrong on so many levels. Like, you know, the Karate Kid itself is really weird because due to, you know, Mr. Miyagi is a Japanese, you know, man who's mm-hmm. teaching a Chinese martial art, which is karate instead of Kung Fu. That's from the jump. And then the fact that, you know, with Marvel's history with Asian characters and with Asian misrepresentation, uh, what's my man's name, Jeff? C.B. Sabolsky. Uh, C.B. C.B. Sabolsky. What? Yeah, C.B. Sabolsky, who is now their editor-in-chief, who for years wrote under a Japanese surname and invented a whole Japanese identity. Yeah. Like, fate being a Japanese person so he could write comics. Like, oh, yeah, Thank you for saying, for making it clear. He, yeah. he did more than just use a pen name. He oh, yeah. faked a whole personhood. Yes. <laughs> like, for set up interviews years. with this dude. It's like Earth 2, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, Jeff it's Lowe, definitely not Ghost in the Shell. It's it it not Ghost in the Shell. It is definitely not because at least those no. shelters are authentic. But um, yes. Jeff Loeb is the EVP of Marvel Television. So Oof. he was definitely lost in the sauce. Yeah, completely lost in the sauce. The actress who played Colleen Wing then went on, like, it might have been scripted, but she told him to take it all that off, and he did. But it was just silly in the, you know, first place. And, like, he looks like a walking dad joke. Yeah, and it's just the idea, you know, that Marvel does not respect Asians. And people have talked about this, how there's very few Asian actors and actresses. There's not yet a lead character who's an Asian superhero other than, like, Daisy on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And... It just, yeah. yeah, I mean, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is probably the best they do. And it just keeps going on and on when you have people like C.B. Belusti and then you have Jeff Loeb doing this type of stuff. It's just ridiculous. It just goes on and on to show that they do not respect enough. You know, they have things like Black Panther and then they turn around and do this. Did you make him a Belushi brother just now? He did. So now, so oh, now that's, just, that's wild disrespect. That's, that's crazy. Wild, that's even worse. <laughs> that's intentional yeah. disrespect. But, yeah. I mean... Yeah, then I mean to I, the Belushi brothers. That's disrespectful, <laughs> you know? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, seriously. Facts. Um, wildly disrespectful. Man, Come on facts. now. Yeah, but yeah. I see your point, Ben, and and I mean this is something that we've we've talked about here and mm-hmm. there. But to really, I think it's important that we keep talking about it. The fact that there was so we always talk about there's the little bit of person of color representation. Well, there's very very little Asian representation as well, mm-hmm. and then. In the cases where you would think that they would take a turn or try something new, that they don't, and I never understood that. I never understood that when they, you know, when they say things like, "Oh, well, so and so doesn't sell overseas." Well, actually, that's a lie. And that, yeah. all the money right now is kind of coming from a place called China. So I mean, like, lots of your stuff is getting financed out of there. So it's kind of weird to me that you wouldn't, you know, maybe go for one group in that area, <laughs> but. I don't know. Uh, yeah. And especially when now Chinese movies, you know, that are produced in China are outselling American made movies. Heavy. Heavy. Uh, so. 
I, I just hope that we will see less whitewashing when it is or as they say yellow wash are they yellow washing someone had mentioned yellow washing but whitewashing of of asian characters like or when you see situations such as the iron fist situation which is actually a little bit better now but when you have a choice where you can reintroduce or fix a past mistake because that was all out a past mistake having that you know very distinct uh, Asian background, Asian culture, and then sticking a white guy in it. Like, they could have easily put in an Asian uh, uh, actor there. I don't understand why they didn't. Right. I, well, I would also... It was kind of an easy layup. Yeah, well, but I would also say it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation where you also have years and years and years of canon where they had this character, they had him established. Yeah, they could have... They could have... Um, changed it to make it, you know, correct some of the mistakes and have it be a different type of character. And I think it would have yeah. been really easy. But I do think you you have to you have to demand for it, but at the same time see how they're handling everything else. And I think the the issue with it is that they're not handling. They've had too many stumbles, and you know, there's always talk about being on the front lines for people of color and, and where you see the injustice everywhere, not just with your own, because if we we all ain't free, then none of us are free. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we, we do need to speak up when we see a lack of Asian representation or any type of minority representation that should be represented well, especially if it's misrepresented. So I, I do think maybe maybe some people over at Marvel Me diversity and inclusion training, <laughs> you know, like maybe something like that. I don't know, but um, I would love to see. Well, first off, they probably are going to need to start either putting their Asian characters at the forefront, which I know they're doing um, in the comics here and there, but um, mm -hmm. creating new characters, maybe taking some characters in, in from the comics and that, that their uh, race doesn't define who they are and bending them to get that representation to where it makes sense. There, there's a lot of smart options, and I think Marvel does a lot of smart things, but they're stupid with the easy smart things at times. Let, let's, so. yeah. Yeah, let's keep it real, though. Like, I mean, the easiest options is not to come to panels dressed like that, like, you know, and not to, you know, pe people in editor-in-chief positions who fate lives like that's yeah. the easiest options right as there. i said the smartest the, the easiest things to be smart about they're being stupid about so you uh -huh. know I, I i can't speak for anything with jeff like i saw that and i was like yo did he get into the henny before the panel like yo you know what i'm saying when it's in the system it ain't no telling you know what i mean so i i don't know but I, it's just i've always said these studios need a nah my g uh, title or role, and I will be happy to fill that. So when you're you thinking of doing something, you run it by the Nam IG department, and then I will tell you, Nam IG, don't do that. Nam IG, don't do that. My people will come for you. Their people will come for you. I don't think you should do that. Just pay me every two weeks, first and the 15th, and we are good to go. 
Word up. And with that, we are going to take a quick break right here because we have a huge episode. I can't even talk right now because it's so crazy ahead of us. (laughs) Wild. I mean, just wild, silly right now. An interview with one of the gods of film coming up after the break. I'm going to say no more. If you've read the description, you already know what it is. (laughs) We'll be back with more of this. Say no more, fam. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu, and when I'm not bitching about ex mocking of the movie, I'm listening to Fan Bros. This is Ta-Nehisi Coates, and when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm chilling with the Fan Bros. Hello, this is Lexi Alexander. When I'm not on Twitter or kicking people to the head, I'm listening to Fan Bro Show. Should I try it without an accent? It'll never happen. This is Daniel Jose Older. When I'm not writing best-selling ass novels, I'm listening to the Fan Bros. Hi guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you are not skiing, roller skating, skateboarding, punching people out, you should be listening to Fan Bros. The best people are. Okay, gotta go. Love you, love you. Bye bye. What's up, fan bros? Welcome back. I hope you've been enjoying this episode, but we're, we're about to get turned up in the spaceship tonight. And joining us tonight, we have a very special guest. This man is a black belt in seven different karate styles, as well as a creative force of nature. He portrayed one of the first African-American superheroes on the big screen in the classic Spawn, as well as being the creator of one of the most legendary characters of all time, the man known only as Black Dynamite. He is here to talk about his new film, the semi-sequel to Black Dynamite, the soon-to-be instant classic, The Outlaw Johnny Black. Let's all welcome Michael Jai, Jai White to the spaceship. <laughs> I almost had it there. You did it. You did it. <laughs> How you doing, sir? I'm good. Yourself? I'm great, man. Great to have you. Thank you for being here on the spaceship tonight. It's been a long time coming. We are just overexcited to have you here tonight, for real. Well, thank you. All right. And, you know, you're also, you know, Howard alum by marriage. So, you know, we also welcome <laughs> all family here, you know, all family here. You know, thank you for being here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, then, can you explain what the connection is? Well, I know that your wife, you know, is a Howard University alumni, and I'm also a Howard University alumni around the same time. We both attended at the same time. She was in a different school than me, but, you know, everyone... Knew your wife is, you know, a shining star on the campus, so, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember I was hanging out on that campus every now and then. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, you was on the yard? Wait, you was out there when Biggie and everybody was out there? I was, I was a, little, a little earlier than that, but um, I, I, I used to hang out at that campus quite a bit. That's how you know Mike is real. When you hang out on the campus and you don't go there, <laughs> they probably like, yo, what, what year are you in? Not yours. Well, I, you know, I dated uh, a few girls from uh, from that campus back in the day. And, um, you know, I used to have to kind of sneak from dorm to dorm. I had a, you know, a couple of different, uh, <laughs> different friends in different dorms. It was an interesting time. I was 
Oh, my I was goodness. Not the man, I was not the man I am today, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me find out Michael Jai White was stalking the booty wall at the quad. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, I, had, I had a couple of different disguises, you know. Went by different, a couple of different names. So, you know, that's before I, I found myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. What? Let's talk about that. Like, who? Who is Michael Jai White? You said you found yourself. How did you find yourself? Well, like a lot of young men, you know, you get, you know, you grow up chasing because that's what you think you're supposed to do. You think it's a uh, matter of uh, numbers um, because you know that's what you're encouraged to. I mean, even the men folk in your own family encourage that. So, um, you know, me. Throwing wild oats, uh, you, know, fi- you know, following through with what I thought I was supposed to do, and, and uh, you know, just kind of, kind of was doing that. But um, I, I, you know, I say before I found myself because the, the person I truly am is um, somebody who wanted to be in the place where I am now. Would you say that you've made it? What's that? Would you consider yourself that you've made it, or do you think that your journey is just starting? Where would you say you are in your journey right now? Well, I'm. Um, I, I feel like I'm successful because I'm happy. Uh, I think that's the key component of success. Um, you know, of course, I'm still on my journey. As far as the business is concerned, there, there are a lot of. Uh, places where, you know, I have yet to venture. But um, as far as life and finding out who I am, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm very successful, and I, and I think I I have made it to that place where um, I know who I am and I know how I want to live the rest of my life. So... People constantly focus on your physicality and like your roles, you know, that you're often portrayed as the action star, all that stuff. But as you just said and showed, there's a deeper, more introspective side that doesn't seem to get more shine. Like, do you feel that you've had the chance to express that on film so far? And what would it take to get more of that in your roles? Well, uh, I believe my whole life and career is, is completely diverse. There's a lot of people who define me as the action guy, but if you, if anybody took stock, I do far more other things than action. Um, like I have, I have six movies in the can, two of which are action, and the others are drama, you know, are drama. Uh, another one's a romantic comedy. Um, you know, it's like. No matter how many things I do, like, um, like, why did I get married or that type of stuff, I'm still going to be somewhat defined by the action stuff. Uh, you know, if you, you know, if you can look at Wesley Snipes, right? Wesley Snipes has done a handful of martial arts action movies where he, he you know, he's the same guy from. King, King of uh, King of New York, uh, Mo Better Blues, 
white men can't jump. The list goes on and on. But instantly, he does Blade, and he gets he gets considered as the black action dude, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a, it just goes with the it just goes with the territory. It, it's a nice problem to have, but you know, as long as I don't define myself by that, I just the last movie I just completed. I play um, the father of the lead uh, of, of the lead actor, which is it's a it's a white coming of age movie, and I play the the kid's adopted father, and that guy's you know I mean personally I've never even seen a movie where a black man raise raises a white male child ever. But I was selected to do that movie based on um, acting and based on my persona as an actor. So uh, people can see me being pigeonholed in one way, but I don't see it because I've constantly done diverse roles. I have a I have a movie coming out with um, with uh, Christopher Lloyd called Making a Killing. And this movie has been winning every every um, uh, film festival. It's, it's internet, and this is basically a dark comedy. So again, I I will continue to do these movies, and these movies I do more of these movies than people think. But there are a contingent that only see me as a dramatic actor. While there's another contingent that sees me as an action guy, so that's going on simultaneously, but a lot of people don't know. I don't think you get enough props for your comedy roles either. Well, well, thank you, but I'm, you know, I've got two, I've got two comedies coming out, so I, I kind of do. what you're you're seeking out right now but what is one role or milestone in your career or something that you haven't done yet that you want to do before it's all said and done well i mean i've got some really amazing uh roles coming up that uh are you know historical very significant i i'm a you know i'm a trained actor i did i made my living on stage before i came to L.A. And so um, the fact that I am known internationally puts me in a place where I can do uh, more movies because, 
in this business is about, you know, selling overseas. And so since I've you know, already kind of put that in gear with, um, and that was much to the advice of my friend Wesley Snipes, who told me 20 years ago, if you're ever doing any movie overseas, get your butt overseas and support that movie because your your overseas audience is always going to appreciate you and they're going to support you. And, you know, that's, that's what I did. So I continue to do movies overseas that people don't even know about. Hmm. On that note, you know, people often talk about that African-Americans aren't supported overseas as actors, you know, and as filmmakers. So how do you feel about that? I mean, you've obviously gone overseas and gotten support. So how do you feel? Yeah, well, that, that's that's completely wrong. Um, I'm, I'm a living testament to that. It's, it's, the, it's, it's how they phrase the, um, the argument. African, if they will say African American movies don't do well overseas, but you can say white movies don't do well overseas as well. The majority of African American movies are comedies and dramas, right? Mm-hmm. And the majority of white movies are comedies and dramas. But what they fail to say is that it's action that sells overseas, whether it's black or white. So. Being that most of the action movies have white people in them, uh, it's kind of a, you know, even though it's not a a white movie, it's just an action movie. Uh, But you think about it, the the white actors, comedians, and, you know, dramatic actors, what do they need those people in China for? They don't care about our white dramatic actors. So it's it's the action movies that they want from the United States. It's us blowing up things and doing stuff that they don't do in other countries. So, um, well, you know, in Belgium and in China, Japan, anywhere else, they don't care about you know our white comedians and and dramatic actors. They have their own, right? You know, you ask yourself, well, why? Who are the who are the foreign actors that we know? We happen to know Jackie Chan. We know Jet Li, Jean Claude Van Damme. We know people like that, right? Only there's only one reason because action sells overseas. But we can't name a, a, a Chinese comedian and a Chinese dramatic actor. You know, it's that, that's because in in the world we we trade in action movies. You know, so that that's what it is. So with with movies like Black Panther, that really showed exactly what I'm talking about. That is an action movie, and the fact that it's it, it depicts the richest culture and the oldest culture in the world didn't hurt it at all. You know. So, you know, that, that shows you. All, all you have to do is start naming the black action movies that didn't do well overseas. And, I, you know, I kind of dare you to do that because Gee. Wesley Snipes is Wesley Snipes because he did overseas action movies. 
you know, so um, there that is. And so that's the, it's, it's the phrasing. You know, you could easily say white movies don't do well overseas unless they're action. Hmm. Okay, now, for, you know, one of the reasons that you're here, like we said, I mean, we are all huge fans of Black Dynamite. And now in 2018, we're getting the semi-sequel to Outlaw Johnny Black. And you said that this is the second in a planned trilogy. So what made you decide to do a Western this time out after doing, you know, Black Dynamite with the Kung Fu, with the Nixon, with, I mean, the insanity Black of it exploitation. all. I mean, just everything great about Black Dynamite. And, you know, now we got the Outlaw Johnny Black. Well, I mean, that, that was in plan. I mean... Going in, and even before Black Dynamite, Black Dynamite was going to be the nod to the, you know, super action movie, like like the Shaft and Superfly and the Mac, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. all rolled up into one. And then there was, uh, we always wanted to do the Western, uh, which was going to be like Buck and the Preacher and, you know, uh, Legend of Charlie and, you know, Joshua, those, those type of movies that, um, so that was the intention going in. And the third was going to be something that was going to be more of a nod of Blackula in the horror job. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah. So that was, that was the intention from the start. So, um, you know, and now, you know, I get a chance to do the Western that we are always planned on. Mm. And that's really interesting. One other thing we notice is that you're going very indie to your approach with Outlaw Johnny Black, even to the point that you're turning down financiers or outside financiers. You said that you wanted to fully handle it yourself. What about the film and the stories makes you feel this passionate that you want to do this all on your own? Well, because I know how to do it, correct. And, um, as I move ahead, you know, a lot of people had a front seat uh, to the mishandling of Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite mm. was a success because of the embracement of the people and the word of mouth of the people who, who wouldn't let that movie die. And this is, a, this is a nod to them and my respect for, you know, for my the fan base who, who completely supported supported me when the studios tried to dump the movie, you know? Um, right, right. Like, I felt such, such, uh, myself and, you know, my, my partners, we, we felt such pride in seeing what happened when they, you know, didn't want to put any marketing into the movie, didn't want to put anything into it. And, you know, there, there were, there were things, there were publications like the Huffington Post and, and just so many other publications that was following it, one of the funniest movies in, in the last 20 years. And that's, that's largely due to this word of mouth. And so going into it again, I definitely wanted to make, make sure that I had my finger on the pulse of the fan base that made Black Dynamite what it is, and I wanted to invite them uh, to the you know to the front seat and be involved 
initially and make sure once this movie's out, I can celebrate it with those fans. Yeah, so this is a very personal thing for me. And, you know, should this work, it can affect the way we do movies in the future because I, I have a feeling that, you know, us telling our own story just makes sense, you know? So this is the, you know, this is the way, you know, there's already a, a fan base that that's involved. Uh, we've got over 8 million people involved and or on pins and needles waiting for our next uh, installment for the movie. And when we go into production, I'm going to let everybody know everything that's going on. Right. And, and you know, we definitely appreciate that hands-on approach because that's something that we talk to our listeners about all the time when it comes to being, you know, independent creators, when it comes to um, lots of times people say create your own characters, create your own stories. And the fact that when you mentioned that you want to be involved and you want to get the fan base involved, you're, you're saying that also very literally because in some of the rewards on your crowdfunding page, you mentioned that people can be in one of the bar fights. So I just thought that was cool that you're actually integrating the fan base into your creation. Yes, uh, absolutely. Because I mean, we I wouldn't be there if not for them. And I, you know, and I definitely want that pride in and in being involved on on something at the grassroots level. There's nothing like being a part of something that you see developed. You know, we in the movie industry, we know this this feeling about you know something starting and then you see it. Uh, and now it exists as a piece of art that's going to outlive you. And so there will be people who will never get a chance in life to see themselves in a movie. Uh, if you're not pursuing acting as a business and whatever, well, that's something you just have to, you know, not even think about. But, you know, I, I'm putting it in a place where, hey, I can give this experience to somebody else and other people. And so, um, you know, since I'm kind of producing it myself, I get to write the rules. So this is uh, the way I'm intending on doing this, you know. So I may be doing other movies in the same way, but this one will be done this way, and I will, uh, you know, have that connection with my fan base. So we know the obvious connections between the two movies as the, as the somewhat near sequel to Black Dynamite. But what do you see as some of the similarities between Westerners and black exploitation films? Um, well, I don't see it. I don't know if there's a connection between Westerns and black exploitation. I mean, first of all, when you use the word black exploitation, Unfortunately, that word kind of blankets over absolutely legitimate black movies. You know, see, like, black exploitation was actually the exploitation of the fact that black movies were in, in fashion at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Say, people think Shaft is a black exploitation movie. There's nothing further from the truth. Shaft was written before that that term ever existed. Uh, 
Shaft was originally written as a white lead, but because black movies uh, start doing so well because the inner city was filled with black folks and due to white flight, well, you you put a movie in, right in the inner city and millions of people went to go see that movie. And soon Hollywood started making black movies left and right. And when they started doing this, some of it, well, the NAACP created the term black exploitation because there were some movies that had all Italian cast and they will throw a black person in a scene and put a black person on the cover and call it a black name. That was why the term black exploitation was, was created. Okay. We had movies like the Mac to me, the Mac was just, you know, back in the day, that was the equivalent of Hustle and Flow for, for its time. Right. There's nothing exploit, exploitive about that movie. We had amazing action films that had great actors, powerful actors, alpha males and females, that had nothing to do with it being uh, anything other than a top-notch movie. But when the exploitive uh, thing came along, everybody started painting all black movies with the same crayon, and they called them black exploitation, as if they were less than. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, there were black action movies. There was movies. There were movies like Buck and the Preacher that were done magnificently with Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte. This this movie is a nod to those type of movies. Okay. Um, that, these were movies that were done by, you know, that's an Oscar-winning black actor. And one of, one of our greatest act, living actors on this earth. So I mean, there it is, you know. So um, we've we've had some westerns in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a few somewhat considered black exploitation westerns, somewhat. Um, but by and large, they were just westerns. Honestly, they were just westerns. Um, so uh, you know, unfortunately, we're we're stuck with that word. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it doesn't apply in, in every sense of black movies of the 70s. Well, that's that's a dope that's a dope backstory that you're giving with black quotation. I don't think I've ever heard it um, explained like that. Uh, so so eloquently, like matter of factly to the point. So my my uh, hearing you say that, I think about how we talk about nigger. And how we use that word and, and uh, we put the A on it and we embraced it as our own and flipped the meaning of it. You know, some people still don't like to use it, but generally that's how we in our community have used that word. I feel like there's like a tacit connection where black exploitation was used as a pejorative for those black women that were um that just had black leads and were dope movies but they considered it black exploitation. If you could take me back to that time, do you feel as if we as a, the black community when those movies are being made, 
embraced that term black exploitation and flipped it for our own to say like if you're going to call it this genre we're just going to call it or were they not even referred as all at all in that and it's just what it was known as well honestly at the time they couldn't have they couldn't have uh, embraced it as black exploitation at the time hmm. it's only years later that people look look at it and paint it with the same brush because at the time there was nobody calling those movies like uptown saturday night and and uh you know let's do it again and piece of the action nobody was daring would dare call those black exploitation movies right you know um they knew what black exploitation was at the time they knew that there were movies that they tricked black people to going into that barely had any black folks in it. There was a Godzilla movie that they did that with, that they, they tried to make it seem like, look, we got black people in this movie, and they exploited black people. Or, you know, they would just, you know, they'd have a token and, and actually make it seem like, you know, to, just to get that audience. You know, the black, that, that era that people call black exploitation saved Hollywood. The studios at the time were going bankrupt. Television had come out, and everybody could afford a television. So people were not going to the movies anymore. So those, remember the studio system? Mm -hmm. That was going, that was dying. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody went to the theaters to see those big Hollywood movies, but they came out and drove to see these action black movies, uh, and that's why, you know, basically a five-year period, they made something like 400 movies, you know, which is unheard of. When you think about, if you go back into that era, you'll see that most of these movies exist between dropping everything on us right now are are you still good for time yeah i'm, I'm okay okay cool 
Well, you were you were speaking about how, like, you know, being behind the set, like being behind the scenes, not being behind the camera, not just being in front of the camera. So with on these sets, you know, with Black Dynamite and now with the Outlaw Johnny Black, you've created like your own little microcosm of people, of of char- characters, actors, you know, set designers, everything that goes into making these films. So what is it like on these sets? Is there a lot of improvisation? I mean, you have people like Arsenio Hall, Tommy Davidson, Brian McKnight. Like, what is this set yes. like? <laughs> oh well, that's one. That's a that's one of the most proud things I have in memory. Because people like Arsenio, like people who are done with their character, would show up on set the next day just mm. to hang out because we enjoyed being around each other and working together so much that, you know, it was an ongoing celebration and an ongoing party. It's something that we all embrace. And that's something, like I said, I want to I wanna provide that experience for other people, people who have no idea what that's like. But I'm, I'm happy that from everybody who dumped the trash to the caterer, so the cameraman loved coming to work. And the after the first week, something I heard something that I had never heard on any set ever. The crew, meaning the people who are, you know, pushing the cameras and setting up the lights and all that, were requesting scripts. <laughs> because they, they, wow. they were having such a good time watching because you know normally they don't care they're, they're about I'm going to put this light up and I'm going to go home you know that's all they're thinking about because they've done hundreds of movies they wanted scripts and I was happy to provide them for them because they you know the, the party just went on well, real quick, you know, I'm also a writer myself, and if you still have a copy of that Black Dynamite script, I would love to check it out because that is, I mean, there's so many moments in that movie. I just wonder about, like, or is that in the script or did that happen on set? You know, like. Well, you will be, be surprised that 95% of that entire movie is in the script. I can, I can name the improv on one hand. So wait, even wait. So even the little moments, the little touches in the film that you may not catch the first time, like in Black Dynamite, with you know the boom mics hitting people in the head, you know a stuntman replacing the main character in the middle of a fight, like even shooting on Super Sixteen film, like that's on on the uh, script. That's that's described in in detail in the script because it's shot. You know, it can't be a mistake. It's a, I had to shoot the other guy who's replacing the other guy. Yes. You know what I mean? There's it's no way you can do that off the cuff. And the mic hitting me in the head is in the script. <laughs> because, because that's why. Because I had to write. I'm writing some shit that you're not. I'm just pontificating. And you don't, it's not something that you really care about. That's why 
while I'm soapboxing, the mic is hitting me in the head. Because all I'm talking about is I'm, you know, I'm going to fight, fight, and, and blah, blah, blah. And all, because it's designed that way. You know, like I say, if, you know, if you look at the script, it's all, it's all described. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes it one of the make like classic movies of all time, really, because it's, it's playing along with those tropes. It's using it to this advantage, and it's also giving newer viewers something to to see, like something different in the comedy space, something different in the storytelling space that they may not have, you know, that they may, that generation may not have seen that when that was actually happening, and it wasn't in the script. So that's that's definitely cool that you were able to do that. Yeah, well, I try to layer everything. I, you know, so certain people will get some jokes, and some people won't. And, and, you know, since it's made for an audience, and it's great when there's a smattering of people laughing and the other side of the audience doesn't know what the joke is, I enjoy that because they have to ask or they have to look, they have to look at it again to figure out what they missed. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's really, you know, my enjoyment in writing, and, and there's a lot of that type of stuff in uh and outlaw Johnny Black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you have survived the interview segment of Fanbro Show, but you know we have the rap segment, our rapid fire questions, and so are you ready to join us for that? Okay. All right. And first up, we have Luke Cage or Black Panther. Black Panther, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right. Magneto or Professor X? I don't know who they are. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> you break my heart. You break my heart. That's okay. I'll give you a different one. I don't, I don't, that's, I don't, I don't. that's all right. I'll give you a different one. Um, I'll give you an action star question. Wesley Snipes okay. or Carl Weathers? Wesley Snipes. <laughs> and, and, you know, Wesley's like you know that that that's family to me. He's he's uh I've known him for a long long time, and like I said, I, I've taken his advice directly. The Wire or Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad is the best series ever. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, come on. There's no series that compares to Breaking Bad ever. Even The Wire. I mean, The Wire was good if you took out all the boring stuff and all that crap. You know, they even had, like, seasons with on the newspaper. I mean, who cares oh. about that? Oh, <laughs> oh. You're on, you're on Twitter, right? Nobody cares about the cops. Nobody. All they all they wanted to know about Marlowe. They wanted to know about the street element, Snoop. All those people. That, that's what the whole show should have been about. You know, oh, Wallace. We need to know where Wallace is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. All right, so next up, Superman or Batman? Oh, man. Uh, wow, you know what? I never thought about that, but I'm going to say Batman because it's, 
Are you talking? You talk, okay, let me ask you. Do you mean the movie? The Any iteration of the character that you prefer. Say again? Any version of the character that you prefer. Um, I, I, I like, I like, as far as the movie, it would definitely be Batman. Okay. But if I were to be one, that would be Superman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay, that's fair. I think the Superman movie was just important. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, get Twitter. <laughs> gonna be hot. You know they say Superman should have been black, right? Because he's absorbing the sun. So you know it's all people. That's the ones that get that pigmentation. You know what I'm saying? The melanin. We don't oh, wow. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, it, 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 would, it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, if I was going to play one, I'd rather play Superman. Now, speaking of playing superheroes, you also, you know, we mentioned this before, you got to play Spawn. And now the brother, you know, Jamie Foxx is going to play Spawn. So, you know, in a fight, who's taking the title? You or Jamie? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. I I mean, so is that a no? Like, what's the answer? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Do you think Jamie could hold it up? Yes, yes, you have no answer. You need a real answer. <laughs> yes. What, uh, no, no. What, what, what is the question? You know, Do I think you... I can take Jamie. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. See, you, you guys can't even answer the, ask the question without laughing. <laughs> nah, I'm saying we, we got to get down to the brass tacks, Mike. I mean, what what is it? Like, y'all get into this scrap, y'all spawn scrap. Like, what what's going to be? How, how hard is Jamie going to catch the fade? How about that? Oh, come on. I'm not going to. See, that's something I will not do. Okay. <laughs> I am not going to, you know, piggyback on any kind of a brother actor's. Uh, you know, talking about another brother actor in that in a derogatory way or inflammatory or violent way. I'm just not gonna do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But okay. as you said, you know, we couldn't even ask the question without laughing, so we'll just, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, y'all, y'all shouldn't be asking me something like that. <laughs> All okay. right. Okay, since you, you mentioned you, you really do love Black Panther, I'm going to ask you this. You can pick only one place to live in. Would it be Wakanda or Zamunda? Or where? where? Where is the second place? Wakanda or Zamunda? As in oh, Zamunda the- from Coming to America, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say Wakanda. All right, all right. Yeah, because I mean, if 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 I wasn't uh, if I wasn't Eddie Murphy, I don't know if I want to live in the moon.
We don't ever really see how they how everybody else lived, but Eddie Murphy and his family. That's kind of, that's type true. Yeah. Exactly. I could be mowing his lawn every day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think everybody in Wakanda was living kind of good. Facts. <laughs> yeah. You know, all I know is Eddie was living good. Eddie and you know James Earl and and his Eddie and them were living living good. You know. You might have been ended up hopping on one foot and barking or something. I hear you. Uh, Wakanda sounds like the better option. Uh, so what? Yeah. What would be your favorite Wesley Snipes film? My favorite Wesley Snipes film. Uh, man, my favorite Wesley Snipes film. Yeah, that's your wow. boy. I guess it would be I guess it would be Blade hmm. It's a dope one okay. I don't know if we ever heard that one A couple might have picked yeah, it Yeah I mean I mean I, I'm, I'm, I'm like super proud of him I, my, my favorite role Other than Blade was the role he did And waiting to exhale I was mad I felt like I felt like you know you're picking them up on my shoulders for that role. That's that's my proudest that is my proud proudest little Wesley Snipes moment. You know, how he, he represented, you know, black manhood in that movie, you know. I, I really like how he represented folks in, in, in uh Way in the Exhale. If you remember he's the one that he, he had the scene with um, Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was just a gentleman. And he was there for her. He was very supportive. And he was like, I, I think it was just a very classy role for him. You know, in a way, I guess that's my, my favorite Wesley Snipes role. As I say it, <laughs> I, I think I realized that. Oh, we're going to make sure we tweet that to him so he, he recognizes. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, can you tell him to um, answer his DMs, please? He said he was coming on the show, but, you know, <laughs> we have yet to get the confirmation. So I know he's a busy man, but. we trying to collect referrals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we just have a couple more questions for you. Um, this, this one, this is an important one. Star Wars versus Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek. Oh! Uh, yes! Any particular reason for that? Oh, I, because of... I, I, I like, uh... I like, uh, Kirk and Picard. Mm. Yes! I'm so proud of you. Thank you for saying that. You made my day. <laughs> Okay, and the last one, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Any one superpower. Um, I guess it would be... Uh, <laughs> um, I guess super strength. But I mean, you 
already kind of got super strength. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, almost anything. Like I think about it being like, like I, I sometimes think think about reality, and like I I think about like um like if you have the power of sight, right? That don't mean you can land. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think about that. Like, okay, you can fly, and you just—you know—I guess that's my my morbid sense of like, you know, you go, you didn't ask the, the the power of landing. Oh wait, you know? no, wasn't oh, that Hancock? <laughs> right, that's Hancock. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But Michael's like, this is not like, you know, Aladdin and a genie where it's like, you gotta be careful what you wish for. I am way too literal. Because I'm like, yeah, you have the power of flight. Come on. Yeah, I can fly. I'm not going to get down. <laughs> you can get up there. I don't know how you're going to land, though. <laughs> Oh my God! All right. Well, you have survived the rat segment, <laughs> and you survived the internet segment, the interview segment. Please let the internets know where they can find you at. Okay, I'm on official Michael Jai on Instagram, and I'm Mike, uh, hashtag Michael Jai White on everything else. I believe. <laughs> Oh, just hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say number sign, Michael Jai White, uh, everything else. I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit better. Aww. Aww. That That's actually really cute. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros Show. Hey, this is Orlando Jones. When I'm not making love, and I always like to be making love, I'm listening to fan bros. What you be doing when you making love? Listen to R&B? <laughs> Chump. Jai White for joining us for that incredible interview, dropping all that knowledge. I mean, that was crazy. Like, seriously, when, when you know, when you got Black Dynamite up in here, I thought it was going to be all jokes and stuff. And my brother just came in with the doop, 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 doop. Yeah, man. Here. Yeah. He's also so. very literal. I, I think it's hilarious, but he's a very literal guy. Wow. Yes, definitely. I thought I was yes, an African-American you know. studies. Didn't y'all have that in y'all uh, HU? I thought I was an African-American studies. Like, bruh. I ain't, did I, did I, should, should we have brought a textbook? Because... I'm, I mean, like we say, you know, he's HU by marriage, so you know how we get down, you know. I know, I know. Yes, you know. And speaking of how we get down, it's now time for one of my favorite segments on this show. The guac is extra. 
the guac is extra the geekwently asked questions where every week we answer any and all questions all you got to do is hit us up contact the fanbros.com or hit us on the twitter on instagram at fanbro show and we will answer anything and what do we have up first tonight first question comes from nestle snipes <laughs> they write i ain't mad at that that's actually a really good one yeah. Would you rather be cloak or dagger? Mm. Sounds uh, like a question. Y'all? I have y'all? no answer to that. Sorry. Okay. That's not I'm I'm not familiar enough to really have an answer for that. Um I'll say cloak because I like teleportation and yep. commuting is too much money. So mm-hmm. I can go wherever I want. The only thing I'd be a little funny about is the whole, you know, dark world. A thing where it may come back to get me in the end, but the fact that I can go different places and absorb shit, um, and you know, uh, Tyrone is a fellow Johnson, so why not? <laughs> I was gonna go with the teleportation as well, but then I thought Dagger has like healing powers as well, right? I so, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, straight up Dagger. I'm getting paid, you know, faith healer right away, you know. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm rich. You're yeah. going to be on the corner. Come receive these blessings of the no, Holy No, not Jagger. on the corner, bro. I'm doing stadiums. What are you talking about? I'm doing televised appearances. I am getting paid. Joe Hameen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank so you're you, doing sir. the Wicked and Divine route. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking bigger than that. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting paid. Uh-oh. But yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, Wicked and Divine might work. Yeah, there we go. I like that. Okay, I like that. Very well done, Tatiana. Thank you. I was just, you know. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> great question though great question i hear that show is really good i fell off after like the third episode but i'm gonna get back i was just about soon. to say i'm i think i believe i'm on episode five yeah the, the show okay. the show is tight yeah like it's it's tight. Yep. and not for nothing freeform got some shit on it man freeform yes. freeform yes. is I, I wish we had this what was it when we were kids noggin <laughs> It was dogged, right? I, I wish I had freeform, freeform is yes. i really do when i was in high school college yeah all right, but what we got up next? We have from Josh, a.k.a. Smiles, a.k.a. Hip Hop Adam Schefter, a.k.a. Soraka Flocka Flame, a.k.a. Music Man 88 on Twitter. They write, I want to know, out of the Justice League members, who would you least, least want to be your father figure? Out of Superman, <laughs> Batman, Arrow, Aquaman, and Flash. He says um, he was thinking about their sidekicks and thought they were all pretty shitty, so he'd choose the Flash as the least person that they want to be their father figure. I gotta think about this for a minute. So out of um, Superman, Arrow is such a knockoff Batman, and Batman's like the worst father father figure ever. So both of them are. I'm about like, to say the way he'd be treating Damien in the animation, like he. Both of them off the list right away. So that that knocks them off the list. Superman is too cold and. Batman's you know, low key deadbeat. How? What? Um, How? How is he a deadbeat? Batman's a low key deadbeat ba- dad. They live in his house. They work with him. They see him he's all the time. He's a low key deadbeat dad because they end up dead. Let me explain because One out he's of five. Come on, that's a good. That's a good average. He's a low key <laughs> deadbeat, and I say low key because he's not. I say low key because he's not doing it purposefully, but he's not emotionally or mentally available at all. Damien at died all. as well. That's two out of five. So that's all right. So ooh, yeah, he's not a good that father right back. So that gets erased. It's like so did Todd. Like, that's still two out of five. Zero because you know it's like credit. No. If it goes off your credit score after after whatever years, when they come back, it goes off your credit. 
Yo, y'all not gonna get me. Uh, y'all caught me. What's Batman wrong with Superman slander. though? What you say? What's wrong he with Superman? He called Superman cold. Superman. <laughs> yeah, what? I mean, he's Superman be off in the fortress of sol- solitude. Yeah, that's something. He's in the. He's a boy scout. He'd be no, in the fortress but, of solitude. But he, asked, but he fucks with his family though. True, like he's true. always about family ties mm-hmm. and and legacy and all that stuff. So no, I think he would actually be a decent father. Flash is definitely terrible as well. You know? He be he's the worst. He's always competing with Wally West. He's always worried about who's faster. He's trash. Barry Allen is I trash. I mean, unless we're general. talking about like Nega Superman, the one that goes to the bars and just be drinking. That one Sad boy. from what Superman two, three? Sad boy, Superman. That one, my God. Um Aquaman, he's just aloof. Like he'd be like, Come on, kid, you know, like yeah. he he just wouldn't be there for your safety, but he wants you along for the ride, so you can't say he's like doesn't want you around. I'm gonna say Aquaman because I can't breathe underwater. So I ain't gonna see this dude. <laughs> ain't gonna try to take me unless unless I was gonna say you can't swim. That's why you can't <laughs> don't stereotype me, okay? Um, I mean, unless he has some type of Atlantean um, do rag I mean, or something that can help me breathe underwater. Like, all right, cool. not a do rag though. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna you know ask why the sexism and you know throw in my vote for Wonder Woman because they said dad oh. though. Hey, father figure. Father figure, said. and it said "quote unquote" father. Ben, so it could and I'd like to be raised on that father. island. What, 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 what the woman on father? Ben, oh, oh, <laughs> wow. said, first he said, "I don't want to be sexist." Then said, "But I want to be raised on that duality." Hey aunties, hey aunties, yeah, hey aunties. Oh man, um, all right, we don't have an answer to your question, no, Josh. No, sorry, but it was a good, it was it was a, <laughs> it was a decent question, but we don't have an answer. Um, next one is from Noble Vessel. They write, whatever happened to those X-Men films like New Mutants and Dark Phoenix? I can, (laughs) (laughs) I can, (laughs) come on, man. I can see a holdup for the latter. (laughs) Due to the merger. (laughs) Right. He said, uh, so to continue, he said, I see a holdup for the latter due to the merger, but for the former, it was supposed to drop this fast spring. Okay. So let me, let me mix a, a little bit more clarity there. Dark Phoenix isn't, didn't get pushed back because it had nothing to do with the merger. It's because something was terribly wrong with the plot. <laughs> the mm. story the, right now, dark Phoenix has, or it's probably still is undergoing extensive reshoots. Now that happened in the last quarter. I don't know what's happening now. Right now it's really quiet, but it's gone through extensive reshoots, meaning they've, they've significantly changed the story plot, uh, the, the timing of the story, the, the way it's even rolling. So, it's it was something wrong with the story itself, and I don't know if you want to attribute that to the writing or whatever that case may be. Maybe they didn't like the way it came out, but the reason why that got pushed back is because it was a fundamental issue with the movie itself. It had this, and this was well before the merger and any of that, or or the the, the proposed merger. I heard the same uh, thing with New Mutants as well. I heard that it wasn't really? scary enough because they yeah they were going for a horror feel, and I heard that it wasn't very scary, and that was the same reason. But the honest answer about this is that Comcast pushed, I mean, decided not to go forward with their bid. So Disney is about to buy up Fox and all those properties back. And it's yeah. a wrap, Steve. You know, that's that's it. Like, well, I doubt we see either of these well, movies. Well, Dark Phoenix is slated to come out February, <laughs> yeah. February 14, 2019. I'm slated to yeah. pay off my okay. debts by February <laughs> yeah. 2035. But who knows if that's going to happen, right? Um, I yeah. don't think the merger didn't have anything to do with it. It's that the movies are trash. New Mutants, yes. New yeah. Mutants, they're adding new people without shooting the other p- the scenes with them. So it's literally wow. like a green wow. screen video where they're adding 
They, that's what that's what the news was. What? No, they're, they're not green. No, no, no. I mean, you know, whatever CGI shit they're doing to add them into, like, let's say we mention somebody, then they're gonna shoot Same, additional yeah. scenes to put these new people in. My, Same principle, right, right, though. right. But that's the reason why New Mutants and Dark Phoenix, as you said, it, it's extensive reshoots. Depending on how fast this, they vote. What's today? So they vote at on Friday, and that vote is going through. Like it's going through. So yeah, totally. I would say by so probably. Would, would you say they they stop these movies? Then? Yeah, that's yes. what I'm. That's what I'm I, saying. I put the money minute, on it. But they can't do anything legally until the merger is approved by the Justice Department. So they can strongly suggest. And if I'm Fox, I don't care anymore. I'm trying to push it out to get one more payday, like to get that last payday. Now on the flip side. If someone's told the Fox execs and the shareholders, yo, I'm not going to hold you. These films are trash. We might make a little bit of money, but I don't know if the juice is worth the, sque the squeeze. They may keep pushing back and pushing back and pushing back until it's Disney's problem. So they're going to have to decide whether or not they want to get have that on their books from a financial perspective. And my my prediction is that New Mutants will never see the light of day. And, yeah. and Dark Phoenix, just because of the, the, the actors that are in it, mm. it may peek out behind the door and say hi. But, but New Mutants is, is a wrap. Maybe. New Mutants is a wrap. Yeah, wraps you. And yeah, everything you said, and just the fact that Fox is not going to want to tarnish, you know, any more than they've already done. What's the point? Because they're not going to get a bid payday. You know, New Mutants wasn't going to make no money in the first place because nobody was looking forward to it and the hype wasn't there. So sorry, for, uh, Noble Vessel, for asking that, you know, wondering what's happening. You know, it, it might, it's probably going to be for the best in the end. X-Men, everybody will be back with Marvel. They'll figure out how to use these characters. Plus, were you guys like out. really looking forward to <laughs> new, Fox's New Mutants and Fox's Dark Phoenix? You mean New, were new you Mutants though? Saw? Fuck out of here. No, no. Uh, lastly, this is from the General Peanut Gallery of the Internets. They ask, What are your thoughts on Sorry to Bother You? Ah, well, our thoughts on Sorry to Bother You is that you should definitely see the film because it's incredible. I've seen it twice now. The more, you know, I think about it, the the greater I think it is. I think there's so many messages in it that you really have to sit there and parse it and talk about it with other people. Shout out to Mello Marketer. He made me see something about the ending that I hadn't even seen before that is so ill. It's, yeah, it's just an ill movie and it's one of those movies that i'm just so happy exists today because we don't get to see this type of movie and you know if you're subscribed to fan bro show you already heard our groundbreaking interview with boots riley the director writer of sorry to bother you so you know but <laughs> i like how you're victim blaming <laughs> It's your fault. <laughs> I'm just saying, folks, you know, for real, you should be subscribed to Fan Bro Show. The interview is incredible. We yeah. talk about everything with no spoilers. That's the thing. It's hard to talk about this film at all without spoiling some major plot points that really just change everything as far as the movie. So it's like that's why we haven't talked about it as much. But we will be doing a YouTube roundtable where we distress it, talk about it some more. Maybe we can see if we can get Boots to call in on that joint or something. You know, but make sure you're subscribed. If you haven't heard that interview, go back, listen to the Boots Riley and Fanbro Show interview. You know, search Fanbro Show Boots Riley. You know how it works. Yeah, and to your point, Ben, it's like a, it's a very specific movie in 
of its uniqueness specific to the point where like you can't even express what it is without giving something away so it's one of those it's really regardless of whether you and you walk away liking it or not it's one of those movies where you absolutely have to see it to really comprehend what's going on it's surreal it's uh, it takes a lot of cues from Michael Gondry uh, I know that's one of um, Boots's own um, inspirations um, you know it's Michael Gondry meets you know a lot of the the social stuff that's happening today meets meets a little bit of Atlanta meets it, it, it's just so much <laughs> it, and I say that in a even though I say that it sounds like it's a lot of disparate themes it still works but it's also very out there when I first watched it it was and we came away with it I was like you're either going to be very confused and love it or you're going to be very confused and hate it but what you won't be is bored it will make you think it will make you have a conversation about what you just saw it'll make you think about what the message was what or what the overall or several different messages that were there so it it, it can and and if you are one of those people who just want to get high and see a weird movie that works for you too so it, it's 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 different and it's to me it's a good different it's something that you want to have the experience and you know regardless of how you come away with it you're you're not going to regret that you saw it. Well, I'll say a couple I, of things. One, I don't think anybody's going to come away and hate it. I think you'll 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 get certain things until a certain part of the movie when it goes left. We're going to go left <laughs> and, and you, when it goes left. And we don't mean left in a bad right. way. You're going to question everything about your life. But it's okay. I would suggest going with somebody else so that you could share notes. I also know yes. people who have gone high, and I've heard that experience is some other shit. But they went <laughs> high, but they went by themselves high. So I think you, you have to go with somebody else, and you definitely have to go with somebody else if you're high. Um, unlock whatever chakras you have in your mind or whatever and, and see things. Um, there's a lot of Easter eggs. I, I want to see it twice because we saw um, the, sun, uh, the Khan's version or whatever, and then there might yeah, be right, like right. it was we, like ninety percent early version percent done. So I want to see if if I know where the tweaks are, if anything. But there's so much symbolism, so many uh, themes, so so many things that you you can miss if you're not locked in, and things where it it, it benefits those who are focusing on it. So I would definitely say, see it, enjoy it see it with somebody else or see or talk to somebody who saw it already so that y'all could just talk about it and once you compare yeah. you'll you'll get that appreciation for the movie it's a good movie it's solid it's yeah, very I liked it. it's very creative it's very um i had a good time watching it it's just there was a part where i questioned my sanity in my life that's it but it's okay you know we're humans word, we're supposed to do that word but it's a good movie definitely check it out support boots i know it's it's been expanded to many more theaters now go watch it yep for real, for real. And as always, thank you for all your questions. You can hit us with any question you want at contact at fanbros.com or you can hit us on the Twitter or on Instagram at fanbroshow. And it's now time for one of my favorite segments. And tonight I got to brush my shoulders off on this segment that we call <laughs> Comic Psycho. And I got to brush my shoulders off because it, the Eisner Awards just happened. 
everyone got their awards. And Did you win one? Unfortunately not. I mean, I think I do deserve one. Because, you know, I, I deserve one for, I don't know, like, best foretelling of the best comic books. Because, you know, quite a few comics that we have talked about repeatedly, not just mentioned, but repeatedly mm-hmm. talked about during comics I copped, won some Eisners. You know, as expected, the man Tom King cleaned up. You know, he got his just do as best writer for Batman, for Mr. Miracle, for the Batman Elmer Fudd special, which is absolutely mind-blowing. But Marjorie Lou, friend of Fanbro show. Yes. You know, in the Fanbro circle of trust even. Yes. Cleaned up winning five, count them, five Eisner Awards, including being the first woman ever to win for Best Writer for her book Monstrous, which along with Sana Sana Takeda took home the best continuing series from Monstrous. And, you know, how many times have I told y'all about that book? Mm-hmm. I mean. We've been told y'all. Like, this is literally going on years now. Years now. Years. With an S. Yes. Since, Plural. You know, pretty much since the first issue I've ever read. I actually think, no, I hopped on it on the first trade. I hopped on it on the first trade. I, I think it's a book that, well, I don't know. I can't even say if it's better in trade or each issue because every issue is incredible. It's so beautiful. The art is just on another level. And, you know, as you see, best writer for Marjorie. Also, big shouts to Black Bolt, Saladin Ahmed, who cleaned up, you know, best new series. I I, mean, I think that's best limited series, right? Yeah, I told y'all. Told y'all Black Bolt. Incredible 12 best, issues. Best new series for Black Bolt. Best limited okay. was, was Black Panther. Ah, Black Panther, the world of Wakanda, right? Roxanne yep. Gay. An, another Roxanne friend of the Gay. show. Ta-Nehisi Coates, you know, Coates you know that, that friend of the that show. That book that didn't support, and it, and it got canceled, and now it's winning awards. So, you know. That, that featured a lesbian relationship between Io and Anika right. and was, you know, very dope, very dope. You can go buy those trades, which you should. All these trades are now available. Black Bolt is now in trade. There's two trades of that. Monstrous, I think, is on its third trade, and the fourth or the third is about to drop because I'm waiting on that third one. World Wakanda is in trade. Black, I mean, not Black. Batman is definitely in trade. You can always pick that up. Anything by Tom King is worth buying. It's always dope. Uh, Speaking of that, the latest issue of Batman 51 after the big, I guess we can finally talk about issue 50 now, right? Yeah. Yeah, because 51 is out now. Yeah. Um, And issue 50 was supposed to be the wedding of Batman and Catwoman. It had been led up to from the first 50 issues. And it ends with Catwoman leaving Batman at the altar. Of course. Like, what else did you expect? Yes. Because this is a love story that's going to be told over the whole 100 issues. So this is not over yet. But this is halfway through it, and the wedding didn't happen right then. We'll see what happens in the future. It's been an incredible story. I got to reread most of it recently, and just such a dope run. I'm loving it. You know, Tom King is putting his stamp on it like he, like any great Batman writer should. And the latest issue has Bruce Wayne serving jury duty for a case involving Batman. Well, you you know, that, oh. that sounds like the 53%. <laughs> that, sound, that sounds like white privilege on a trillion, you know what I mean? But why not? Ooh. Why not? But, yep. um, you know, I'm, I'm eager to see where where Batman goes from here because it, it was interesting when you read the letters to each other that they wrote where, mm-hmm. you know, Selena, she sacrificed her love for the world, really. 
because she yeah. knew she knew at least she felt that she felt Batman wouldn't be Batman with her on the side, so she chose love. But they went through a lot for her to come to that um, to come to that realization, and you know, of course, his entire rogues gallery were plotting in the background, and this led up to them finally breaking that relationship because they all knew that he could not be happy with what they whatever they have planned and i just think mm-hmm. it, it's just ill where it looked like they were in the clear it looked like they were going to they were they were going to be happily ever after and and i thought you know people might end up dead but their relationship is what died so i'm eager to see how selena responds how bruce responds and really how his rogue gallery responds what's next why mm-hmm. why what was the real ulterior motive for them plotting to keep him single and to keep him as batman right. basically what 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 yeah. was it really and and I, because it, mm-hmm. i don't really believe that them getting together would have diminished batman it may have helped them raise another level cuz a batman yep. was something to fight think, yeah. for and realizing yeah. that level of love that he hasn't had since his parents were murdered Mm-hmm. Um, that might be something that is unstoppable. So yep. we'll see. Either way, Tom King makes me want to learn another language and write more because, come on. <laughs> Tom King hurts my feelings. Word up. <laughs> um, And also, I just want to shout out to everybody who uses the comics I copped hashtag and to hit me up on Twitter, you know, at DJ Ben, I mean, as well as hit up the Instagram and the Twitter of Fan Bro Show and let us know what you're reading right now because I need some new suggestions because some yeah. of my favorite books recently came to an end. And so it's like, I'm all out of books right now. I go in the comic store and I'm like, yo, what should I read? And they're like, yo, you've already read all the great stuff. So, you know, please put me on to something new that I can check out right now because I need some new books to follow because it's been tight on your boy lately. And cool. and real talk, keep using the hashtag. Yes. Even if it's not new comic book day, just keep using the hashtag when you're buying books, when you want to take a picture of a book that you just picked up. As Ben, I mean, said, if you want to give him some advice on some new titles he should be reading, if you are a comic book creator... Uh, mm. artists, penciler, inker, whatever, colors, like, please hit us up. Use the hashtag Comics.com because it's important that people see how widespread this is. That p- a lot of you guys are already using it as is, but keep doing it. Like, people are noticing that, and they see uh, what the things that we're interested in. And when I say we, I mean we as a collective. So definitely keep using the hashtag. And tag us. Tag us when you do it, too. I like when y'all see yes. what y'all copping. If you have, it's not just about copping comics. It's your questions, it's your comments, it's your discussions on what you're reading. I'm down. I'm down to be a part of that and down to see what you got. I'm always uh, available on the Twitters for a robust conversation with nuance. That doesn't happen often, but it can happen with comics. So you know, definitely hit us up and, and tag tag Fanbro Show, tag us, um, all of our handles, and and let's get the discussion going. Let's keep the discussion going. Mm-hmm. Especially people who are out there reading books like Wicked and Divine, Invincible, uh, Monstrous, Black Bolt, Paper Girls, you know, anything. I just love to talk about comics. So anytime, any old books that you picked up, let me know. Any new books that you're picking up, books you're looking forward to, whatever. Just let me know because I'm always down. And we love to see this hashtag spreading. Comics I cop. Thank you very much. 
and anything else before we get out of here tonight? Shout out to all the listeners supporting Power After Hours. I, I really appreciate mm. the love. Yes. Like, honestly, um, not even on some... Uh, uh, allow me to indulge myself for a second. Uh, not not even on some stuff like that, but uh, I didn't know how it was going to be received. I didn't know how many of you actually listen to Power because I know, you know, black people all watch it. We all watch it at different times. So I didn't know how it was going to be received, but, uh, but it's been good. You, know, you guys have been responding. You like what you hear. Um, I'm back on a regular schedule now, so they are dropping on Tuesdays, guaranteed, whether it's just me or friends. It's dropping, and, and we have a lot of good discussion. Like, we've been getting a lot of in-depth conversation around power and the world around it. So thank you so much for listening. We're going to keep it going. We got about, what, six more episodes to go. So we, we out here. You know, I can't even go on vacation like that because I, I can't miss the dates now. I got to carry laptops. I got to carry desktops. I might have to send a raven to, to drop my, my vocals one of these weeks. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad. you know, I, I hear from these guys all the day how um, – all, all of the days – I'm wild Caribbean. All of the days – um, how uh, how it's doing and, and the response. So and I see it and I've I've, I've been seeing it. So thank you. Fan Bros. Fan Bros. Fan Bros.